Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Blue Wire. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited to be joined today by Vice President of Digital and Social at the San Francisco 49ers and Vice President of Marketing at Elevate Sports Ventures, Meg Ryan. Meg talks about leading with empathy, the importance of taking time to dance, and learning that delegating is a key to success. She also takes us through her game day schedule while sharing valuable tips for creating content and so much more. This is an awesome episode, so please make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and enjoy. Meg, thank you so much for joining me today. Forget my job. We have obviously worked alongside each other, I think is the probably the right way to say it, for a number of years. And I am very excited for our listeners to get to hear more about what you do and all about what you do, really. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's an honor. You've done such a great job. Um, and I'm excited to get a chance to, to chat with your followers and, and the amazing fan base that you've built. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Let's, let's jump on in because uh, I know we have lots to talk about. You have I was going to say multiple roles, a a dual role, and I want to get into that. But let's start by having you take us through your professional journey to this point. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I grew up in uh, a small town north of Boston, um, and I grew up um, really just immersed in sports. Um, I played field hockey in college. I went to Trinity College in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, And that's where I really kind of began my career in sports. Um, I worked for the New Britain Rockcats, which is the Minnesota Twins AA affiliate um, at the time. And my career in sports started in probably like some of the most unglamorous jobs. But um, I worked in the concession stands, like dollar beer nights and um, pouring beers and serving hot dogs, um, pulling tarp. Uh, doing, you know, Dunkin' Donuts mascot races, t-shirt tosses, like literally everything. Um, I think minor league sports, though, are one of the greatest ways to really break into the industry um, Mm -hmm. because I did everything. Um, Worked in the ticket office, community relations, marketing, retail, um, grounds crew. Like you kind of really got a sense... um, for everything and got to learn all the aspects of the business. And so um, for me, that was just an incredible opportunity um, while I was in school. I also interned with the Cape Cod Baseball League, uh, which is an awesome collegiate summer wooden bat league in in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, um, where I'm from and really helped um, in the PR department there. So that was my like first foray into sports. Baseball has really been my first love. Hmm. Um, And then I was Uh, really uh, fortunate enough. I graduated college um, in 2010 and I got a internship with the Boston Red Sox um, right after college. And it was um, at that time, probably, you know, a little bit, um, a lot of my friends were getting full-time jobs and starting, um, you know, with full-time salaries. And I was just really, really sure of this path that I wanted to, to be on and work in the sports industry. And so I said, let's do it. Like an internship, um, you know, hopefully it will lead to something more. It's at least a summer experience, um, in a, in a professional sports team. 
The crazy thing about that is I applied for that internship after my freshman year at Trinity, didn't mm-hmm. get it. Um, and then I, so kind of backtracking a little bit, got the, the, um, Rock Cats internship to, I had no sports experience. So, um, you know, kind of applied freshman year, didn't get it. And then had those two seasons of, of, of baseball experience and then reapplied as a graduating senior and was, was fortunate enough to get an internship there. So that's like the very early days of, uh, my sports career. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a very early. And I like that you brought up that sometimes you got to start in the less glamorous parts. And I, I kind of latched onto that because I think sports is not as glamorous as it mm-hmm. seems on a game day or what you see on social media or what you see on TV. And I think that's a really important thing to highlight for our listeners, especially for those who want to be in sports. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of long hours. It can certainly be fun, but I do think it's important to highlight that portion of it as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, especially, you know, it, it really, I think working in sports is like a lifestyle, not a job. Um, and I think there's definitely things that we can do. And quite honestly, um, you know, the pandemic has shown us that probably, you know, we can be a little bit more efficient and more, um, you know, we don't have to, to be in every single day. I think that has been one, one silver lining now in terms of what a sports job can look like is that we can be really productive from afar. Um, but in the early days, yeah, I mean, especially in baseball, um, you know, you're there for a 10 game homestand all summer long, um, you know, 162 games. So, um, definitely, definitely a grind, but, um, I loved every moment of it. And I think what I really tried to do was, um, just prove that I was, um, a valuable resource and asset uh, to the club and was able to eventually um, work my way to a part-time position after that mm-hmm. summer internship ended um, a part-time position and worked part-time for quite some time, probably about close to a full season and then eventually um, into a full-time role. So um, perseverance and, um, you know, definitely know your worth and know, um, you know, what your, your, your goals are. And and sometimes it takes a little bit of steps and backtracking, um, to get there, but it, it was, um, you know, just fortunate to be able to, um, continue to work really hard and, and offer to help in like a variety of areas. So even if it's outside of your department or your job description mm-hmm. on paper, uh, I think really remaining curious and willing to kind of look in different facets of an organization, wherever you might be, might open you up to some new opportunities. I love that. And I like the term remaining curious because I think that's really important because you just never know where different opportunities might take you. And you never know when someone says like, Hey Meg, can you actually fill in for so-and-so tonight or whatever it might be Mm -hmm. where that takes you in your career. So it is important to know what you want to do, but to also be, as you said, curious and open-minded. Yeah, exactly. Um, And, and, you know, willing, willing to learn and um, constantly challenge yourself. I think, um, you know, that, that curiosity and willingness to learn and grow um, both like personally and professionally is just something that I think can take you really far. So how did you end up where you are now with the 49ers and with Elevate Sports Ventures? How did that all come about? Yeah. So um, again, really through the power of network and the power of connection, um, 
at the time, um, you know, the, the Red Sox was an incredible organization and so fortunate for my time there. And, um, you know, the great leadership, my, my, one of my mentors and great, um, friends there that throughout the years, um, Adam Grossman, who's now the CMO there at the Red Sox, he was a tremendous leader and instrumental in my career. Um, you know, we, I had always kind of had this dream and vision to move outside of New England, having mm -hmm. born and raised in college and lived there. I really wanted to spread my wings and fly and try something different um, and just really like push myself outside of my comfort zone. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, through mutual contacts in the industry, um, a position at the 49ers opened up in 2015 mm -hmm. as a social media manager and. I thought like, I love everything where I'm at, um, my friends and family and, and this job is amazing, but if I don't take this chance now, I probably never will. Um, mm -hmm. and I'll probably never leave New England. Um, so I, I took a massive leap of faith and moved across the country. Um, really didn't know anybody out here. Um, and completely new industry for me, um, you know, learning the NFL. I remember my first NFL preseason game. We were at at the Houston Texans 2015 and like my head was on such a swivel. Like <laughs> sure. We, I mean, baseball is like 3-4 hours, right? So like right. like if I missed like an inning or you know, like I, just the pace of and the pressure and stress of an NFL Sunday was like I was hit with a ton of bricks. <laughs> like it <laughs> it just took um, you know, so long to really feel acclimated and comfortable. But I, I think that's something that really like any new role um, pushes you, right? You get that kind of like butterflies and um, time to learn and, and understand a new industry and, and for me, a new part of the country. And so, um, yeah, it was it was an incredible opportunity. And um, honestly, it's probably one of the best things I've ever done. Um, I love the West Coast. I don't <laughs> see myself moving back to, to the snow. Um, sorry, friends and family. But um, yeah. mean, you can't beat the weather. You really can't. Oh, you really can't. I mean, it is just incredible. So um, yeah, so, so much to offer. But um, yeah, and so yeah, heading, oh, this is my now seventh season with the Niners. Um, really fortunate uh, to be able to take on a variety of opportunities and, um, you know, so grateful, uh, to, to our team here at the Niners. It's given me an opportunity to grow, um, and, and learn and, and now oversee an incredible team of, of content creators, um, and really have a say in all of our uh, content, uh, production, social, um, web, email, all of our kind of digital communication channels. And then about three years ago, um, we launched an agency called Elevate Sports Ventures. Um, it's a partnership between the 49ers, Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment, Oakview Group, and Ticketmaster. Mm -hmm. And I um, really was fortunate to be able to come in kind of from the infancy of starting this agency in June of 2018 um, and really be able to um, help support uh, uh, this agency getting launched off the ground. Um, and now we really support in three main verticals there. So sales, so hospitality and partnership sales, mm -hmm. um, brand work, um, and insights. We have an incredible insights team. So I've been able to work on a variety of our projects, um, like the U S open. Um, we're now working on the world cup, 
um, a variety of uh, new franchises launched in the U.S. as well in MLS, Inner Miami and Nashville SC. So um, it's been a lot of fun and, and really been able to um, push and challenge myself beyond my team side experience. Well, and I'd love to focus on that for a little bit because, you know, as you said, seventh season with the Niners, you touch so many things in the digital and social world. What has been kind of the biggest learning curve as you've also taken on this other role with Elevate Sports Ventures and had your hands in so many different things? Yeah, I think um, the the biggest thing here, and, and I think this is um, a really great um, experience for me to see the agency side. Um, having been on the team side for all of my career, I think it's also a great opportunity for people to realize that there's a lot of ways that you can be involved in sports, um, in the sports industry that are outside of a traditional team setting. Yes. Um, and so there's so many additional opportunities, especially on the agency side um, or the media side, where you can be able to have that experience um, but not necessarily kind of the day-to-day um, of running a team. And I think it's very different. Um, I love the opportunity and the challenge it provides, um, being able to um, connect and interact with teams and, and brands around the globe. Um, it teaches you a lot um, in terms of just collaboration and partnership. Mm-hmm. We really want to um, walk side by side with these teams, but really at the end of the day, you know, it's their success. Um, and we're just there kind of in the background to help be a turbo boost, um, to their efforts. I think it's been cool because as someone who is, you know, at a team that's an active operator, we're able to help share advice and best practices, um, with other teams who are just launching, um, you know, from the ground up and maybe don't have the infrastructure resources. So, we can help share some best practices through all the trials and tribulations we've had and our collective team has had in opening new venues and um, helping to to bridge that gap between sales and marketing. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's something where I've really focused on at the 49ers as well as building that collaborative relationship um, with our sales team so that we can help support looking at all of our digital channels to help support and drive revenue for the business, um, both in terms of uh, suite and ticket sales, as well as branded content sales. So Mm -hmm. one thing we really focused on, and this became abundantly clear during COVID in in 2020, was just really the the value and power of of our digital assets, Mm -hmm. uh, making sure that we were monetizing and packaging those appropriately um, and really helping to you know, all of our corporate partners to develop unique programs through the amazing content that my team is uh, creating day in and day out. That's awesome. So if you could talk a little bit about the content side, yeah, I think it's so interesting to see what different teams and different people come up with to constantly keep it fresh and interesting for fans. How does that work? Is it, and, and this is kind of in the weeds, but I do think for people who are interested in this type of work, it's good for them to hear. Is it weekly meetings? Is it brainstorming sessions? Do you come up with it? Does the team come up with it and pitch to you? I know that was a lot of questions in one, but I am just curious as to exactly how that works on a a weekly and daily basis. Yeah, I think um, it's a combination of really all of those things. Um, You know, 
I always sort of say like, like the best idea is the best idea and the best shot is the best shot. So Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't really matter if it's captured from an iPhone, from a camera, from um, one of our cinematic cameras. Like it's really about, um, you know, where we can get into the moment and, and be able to share that. So we really, I really look at um, like our three main pillars in terms of our content strategy. And those are to educate, entertain or enlighten. So at the end of the day, all of our content should do one of those three things. Um, If it's educate, it's probably going to be a lot more of our news content, um, our day-to-day press conferences, breaking news, roster moves, transactions. Um, There's an incredible media presence around our club. And we also have a great opportunity and responsibility um, to make sure that we're sharing all that factual information, really kind of making it officially official. Uh-huh. Um, you see all the reports out there. So we're usually like the last to post. Um, but once we can make it officially official, we try to look at ways that like, all right, so we're not breaking this story, but how can we um, provide a unique angle given our access? Mm-hmm. Um, so can we provide like a behind the scenes look or unique content that, um, you know, is, is exclusive uh, that the club is going to be able to do. Um, we really want to entertain and enlighten fans as well, too. So we have an incredibly talented team of photographers and video producers, um, and our social team is, is amazing. So um, we collaborate pretty frequently. Um, we have a few meetings a week, um, and we really just look at all of the week's obligations um, from a branded content perspective. So all those like partnership series um, that we do. And that includes things like um, our mic'd up series, which is powered by Cisco. Um, We might, you might've seen, we had Debo wired Mm -hmm. for our game on Sunday, which Mm -hmm. was awesome. So sometimes it works out. Um, The player goes off and scores two touchdowns and and has a great day. And it's really, (laughs) really chatty. Those are the best wins. Um, And then we also like getting really, really granular on the social side. Um, On a game day, we typically break up our responsibilities. There's three people, myself, Johnny Volk, and and Patty Kwan on our team. I know Mm -hmm. Patty was a previous guest as well. Yes, she was, and she was fantastic. I know, she's the best. Um, So we typically break it down um, by platform and like responsibility. So Mm -hmm. um, someone is really capturing content in a vertical format, so they're really running all of our stories, so Instagram stories, Facebook stories, Snapchat, um, they're really capturing that nine by 16 vertical content, the raw organic um, content. Someone is live tweeting the game. Okay. Which is probably one of the most stressful responsibilities out there. Um, it, it, it is. It is. As someone who live tweets the games, it really is. It's so yeah. stressful. And like, you forget though, and I think that's one of the things you have to remember and always just put it in perspective, right? Like it's okay. I always try to tell my team too, like we don't have to be first. There's such this um, like rush to like get it out immediately the second something happens. And we want to do that. Yes. But we also really want to provide like amazing media to accompany that. So we -hmm. have an awesome creative team. Our graphic design team um, has built um, all these amazing gifts that we use. And we really tied that into our 75th anniversary look and feel. So, yes, we want to say, you know, touchdown Debo Samuel, 
but we want to have witty caption with it and Mm -hmm. we want to tag Debo and we want to have the perfect gift ready. Um, Mm -hmm. So you kind of curate all of those elements together um, in real time. And then that person is handling that. And then the third person is usually handling all of our Facebook publishing as well as kind of just being an additional uh, hand to content captures. We usually try and split the end zone. Um, one person on each side to try and get mm-hmm. that real time moment. Um, mm-hmm. Within the NFL protocols, there's a certain amount of uh, live broadcast footage that we can use. Okay. So we, you know, really have to kind of be strategic about what what we share. Sometimes there's a game you love these games where you put up 50 points and you've used all your allotted highlights. Um, <laughs> right. That's a good problem to have. But um, yeah. So I mean, creative brainstorms back, just circling back initially, like, where do we get inspiration? Um, we certainly, um, we use Slack a ton, um, as a team, that's our like main communication hub. It's where we share all of our assets as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so we have a great like file sharing system there. Our photography team transmits wirelessly graphic designers edit and then, um, get content ready to, to ultimately publish, um, so yeah, that's our main like communication tool is Slack for internal comms and for like QAing and reviewing one another's content. Do you want an all-star team? Well, you need an all-star hiring partner. You need Indeed. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed got you. Don't even worry about it. They can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed partners with you every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Could you take us through a game day versus just like a practice, let's say Wednesday, Wednesday practice. Yeah, totally. Um, So I think a game day, right? Everyone's game day is the day Um, you get. It's, it's the most exciting day of the week. Um, You get to dress up, you get to the stadium early. Um, We're typically there around when the team is arriving. Um, So probably about four hours prior to kickoff. Mm -hmm. Um, And then again, based on your responsibility, um, you're kind of focused on a few different areas. Um, For me as well this year, um, we recently launched a new program, our 49ers member inclusive menu. Mm -hmm. Um, This has been a first of its kind endeavor where we're offering um, food and beverage, non-alcoholic beverages to all of our season ticket members, um, which really hasn't been done at this scale in any sport you know, there's certain clubs that are all inclusive and whatnot, but stadium wide. So um, my team has also been working really closely with our business strategy and analytics team and our concessionaire partner, Levy, um, to help launch this program. So for me on a game day, I'm kind of bouncing between a lot of different responsibilities. Um, we want to make sure that we're helping support 
um, the concessions experience, everything there is run through our mobile app. Um, mm -hmm. So our team has really been instrumental in helping to make sure that um, that information, uh, those systems are all running properly and will deliver personalized communication to fans coming to the game. And then the social part of it is um, really based on like what role you have. So mm -hmm. um, if you're on content capture and stories, you would get there early. You would capture players arriving from the buses. Um, we have a great uh, partnership with Levi's for our player arrival content at home. Um, and then you really get down. We have a pregame timeline when each of the position groups come out. Um, so you really kind of know the key moments and things you want to look for um, storylines heading into a game. Um, you know, what, which players you want to focus on. You know, we also know which players like, like the camera around them or and which don't. Mm -hmm. um, so you really have to kind of um, work to try to capture as much as you can and then edit and, and publish as, as quickly as you can um, on a game day for me that's really where I'm probably the most hands-on just because of the, the volume of content on social mm -hmm. um, and the exposure we have, like the national audience and international audience. Um, on a typical Wednesday um, or like a regular practice day, I'm probably playing more of a utility player, like support role, mm -hmm. um, really helping my team um, across the board. Um, but they're really hands-on publishing uh, most of our content we do you know i'm i'm helping to qa content so written content um all of our photo galleries press conferences um any other news or information that might be coming out from the team galleries videos things like that um but i'm most most involved in in uh social on on a game day or a large like tentpole event um Otherwise, my days are full of meetings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's very normal, exciting. Normal, normal Wednesday. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit of the difference between the two. I have a question. It's not It's not a deep question. It's just a yeah. curiosity question. And I wonder if other people want to know, too. Sure. Do you have to approve every caption or tweet? Or you, you have your team. You obviously have a ton of trust in your team. You have an incredible team. So if... If one of them, whoever is tweeting that day or actually posting to Instagram that day, that is their baby to do the caption. Yeah, no, I'm not. I, I, I trust my team in, inherently. Um, so Johnny and Patty are amazing. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll check with one another um, if there's, you know, things we might want to just double check or, um, you know, hey, is this okay? Or... Um, one thing, you know, we've been dealing with a lot lately is um, around music licensing um, and making sure that, you know, we don't have any music in the background of our content. So we'll always just have one another's backs to listen in to that um, or um, any cuss words or anything in the in the background of like a team speech breakdown. We always make sure that we, um, you know, as many ears as possible listening into that. Um, but no, I'm not approving any content. Um, I think, you know, that would just slow things down too much. Um, and, you know, I think you have to build trust in your team. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they have a great understanding of our overarching objectives as an organization, what, 
um, you know, tone and voice and you got to read the room. Um, and yeah. I think they're in, incredibly impressive at doing that. It's funny sometimes like we'll look so like, and all of us actually maybe like tweet or post on Instagram or post on Facebook. And like, we all use the same caption without even knowing or like something very similar. And you know, we don't, we don't share that or talk about like, Hey, I'm going to use this caption. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we do like after a really tough loss, we'll kind of just be like, Hey, what's going to, you know, this is what I was thinking of saying, or, um, we'll check in on that. But sometimes it's funny. We do, um, all tend to post like similar copy or, um, similar captions. Patty is the queen of, of captions. Uh, anything like really witty or Drake lyrics is probably her. That's awesome. Well, and I think you bring up an important point. You have to trust your team. Yes. And so that's part of the reason I, I wanted to ask that as well, because as a manager, yeah. you need to do that. And it's something that could be hard. I know that was a really hard thing for me mm-hmm. as Fangirl expanded. And and I have a team that runs the actual Fangirl, in, Fangirl Sports Network Instagram account and Twitter account. And so, you know, there are certain things, like you said, that we will talk through, or I might say like, hey guys, what were you thinking for this? Just because I know it's something that maybe requires a little more discussion, but otherwise you do have to let go, which is a very difficult thing to do, but it's a very important thing to do as well. It is absolutely. And I think for, for early managers, um, like when you're first managing people, um, that can be probably a little bit more challenging and they don't Mm -hmm. really, um, you know, you're, you're so used to being the, um, you know, maybe the sole person that's owning something. And then when you step into that managerial role, um, you kind of feel like, oh, well, am I, you know, should I still be doing that? Or like, you know, um, but I think it's really, really critical and, um, something that, um, you know, you have to trust your people and let them soar, um, and always have their back. I think that's something that, um, you know, I want to try to make sure that my team always has, you know, full autonomy to run. Um, and whether it's posting something or replying to, you know, um, another department or coming up with a creative concept. Um, and I've got your back if you need, if you need help or, or backup, or you want to talk through something, um, but really to, to be able to take it and take it and run with it. Um, I think that's, that's really important. And, um, I, my boss, Alex, who Alex Chang is our CMO and he's um, been incredible and has that same, um, mentality, uh, which is really, I think, um, just so refreshing, um, and, and really, um, been able to, to help kind of instill that mentality of, um, you know, trust your people completely and, um, here if you need. And I think, um, that's just so, so refreshing. And, um, you know, I know that that's not always the case. Um, we work, I work with some, some teams where like someone or PR is like approving literally every single thing that goes out. That's, that's just so inefficient. Um, and it's just a culture of fear. Um, and, and that's a tough place to be in. So, I, I definitely wouldn't wouldn't advise for for that approach. Well, and, and like you said, you know, Patty is the queen of captions, and if it's something really witty or Drake lyrics, it's probably Caddy. Uh, I mean, Patty. And <laughs> and I think that it's cool because, like, I know for me, when someone sends like a meme that we post, yeah, um, and they're like, "This is amazing. I love that you did this." You know, there's nothing I like more than being like, "I didn't." 
<laughs> yeah, that was not me. That was that was Bailey on my team. That was Kelsey on my team. That was Christine on my team. Like that was that's like my favorite thing because you know that's that's what they're there for. And then it's like, yeah, I've got really good people there. Like we did one. This was a couple years ago before the Super Bowl. I didn't even know they were doing it. We were, I think it was the week of the Super Bowl, and there was a a trending meme of like tinder photo linkedin photo Facebook oh yeah, photo, yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. girl posted that like the four of jimmy garoppolo yeah and so many people sent it to me they're like there was this was genius this was amazing i was like i saw it at the same time you did this was <laughs> i had no idea they were doing it, and it was but that's okay that's their job it's not i'm not supposed to know every single thing they're doing and i was like you're right it is i could take zero credit for it totally they nailed was- it those and are the best. Yeah, they are. They really are the best. And yeah. that's, um, you know, that's a lot of fun. That's so, awesome. Switching gears a little bit, but a little bit on the same page. If you could give someone a piece of advice for starting a career in your industry or for someone coming into a position similar to yours, what would it be? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think I would say, um, probably, um, hmm specific to like social, um, and digital, um, I would say, you know, make sure that, um, you know, you have a great content team and strategy to really kind of try to differentiate yourself. I think, um, you know, it's such a crowded landscape. Um, I think, you know, we are, we are probably just, oversaturated um in in some ways right in terms of content so really thinking about you don't have to be everywhere like if you don't have the right um content or resources to be able to support a certain channel that's okay um i think sometimes we try to do too much and be everywhere and jump on the latest trend or fad or network um and i think it's okay to like go a little bit slower and more methodical um, and really make sure you map out like a great content strategy and plan as opposed to spreading yourself too thin. Um, Cause that just leads to burnout and the content won't be successful. So really kind of like being thoughtful um, about it. And then I would also say, don't be afraid to ask for help. Like just as a general, um, you know, rule of thumb, I feel like so often early in our careers, we probably all had these questions that, we wanted to ask, but we're too embarrassed to ask. Um, and I think it's just really okay and, and ask for help. Um, and, and definitely be, you know, don't be afraid to, to ask if you have a question or a challenge because nine times out of 10, someone else is probably thinking it or wants to ask it as well. I think the, that's all fantastic advice. And when you said you don't have to be everywhere, I think that's a great thing that people can can really take with them when they're building a personal brand, mm-hmm. when they're starting to build content. Cause we live in a world, which is so cool. Yeah. Where you can wake up one day and say, this is what I want to do. And you can create that content. But I think there is a pressure to be everywhere and you're better off doing great work and keeping it to a few different platforms instead of being like, I have to be on every single thing, every second of every day. Yeah. 1000% quality over quantity. Um, you know, as a, yeah, as a, for your personal brand or, Um, Like you don't have to be um, creating content for yourself or for, um, you know, a company, a team and publishing everywhere. Really kind of step back and think like, is this 
thoughtful? Does this make sense? Is this authentic um, to me or my brand? Um, and really be a little bit more curated in, in that. How have you seen opportunities grow and change for women in the sports industry? Yeah, I think we um, have definitely made strides. Um, I think there's certainly still a long way to go. Um, you know, I look at my seat. Um, you know, there's there's not a ton of uh, vice presidents in the NFL or really across sports. I think we've done a good job um, at continuing to bring more women in and you know, that has to start right at entry level roles and bringing more people in, but then also career development um, and mm -hmm. continuing to retain um, talent um, and making sure that women have an opportunity um, to have a seat at the table, right? Like I'm still often the only woman um, in a room in a lot of meetings that I'm in, and I really would love to see that change. Um, I think that continues with, um, you know, leadership and mentorship and really reaching back um, and bringing up the, you know, the next generation, the next person um, through opportunities like this and in your platform, right? It's, it's such a cool opportunity for women to hear um, about other, other jobs um, in the sports world. I think, um, you know, even taking time for a coffee chat or a zoom, um, you know, with, with a class or, um, someone that reaches out to you on LinkedIn, um, just to be able to have informational discussions, um, I think is, is so important. I think, you know, those, those entry level coordinator positions, um, you know, really love to see us having a greater emphasis on bringing women into, into these roles. Um, but then I think the career development piece of it and making sure that women have advancement opportunities um, is where I think we still um, we still have room to improve um, because as you get to those higher levels, um, it's still very largely male dominated. That is that is definitely correct. Uh -huh. um, I we have five fun facts left, but first, yeah. did you think about the criticism one anymore? <laughs> um, I think um, I think probably a criticism um, I would say is um, just like that kind of trying to do it all um, mm -hmm. and not um, like not delegating. Um, and I think that ended up being like a really good lesson for me to learn um, is is that um, delegation and, um, you know, not trying to have, trying to do it all. Um, mm -hmm. I think also, um, criticism just around, um, you know, um, early, early on, just like maybe some other voices that would try to, um, weigh into, uh, content strategy or social voice. And I think really, um, being able to stand up for myself or my team um, and really, um, you know, being able to defend what we're doing. It always can be a difficult line, um, but definitely received um, some criticism um, early on just around like tone and voice and what we're saying. And um, I think it's important to be able to um, say like, hey, this is this is why we are um, doing this or this is why. Um, you know, we've, we've published in this way. 
mm-hmm. um, and being able to really advocate. And I think that um, is starts with like relationship building. So sometimes mm-hmm. it's easy to receive criticism when people don't really know what goes on um, or right. are like fully aware of um, you know, what it entails. You can't like just post something. Um, and I think it can, you can, you know, I probably early on like took offense um, to that. Um, but I think being able to turn that into a positive of kind of really explaining process um, and having people get a chance to know everything that goes on um, in a role, I think leads to just more empathy. Um, and I think also now I'm going up on a lot of tangents or a lot of, no, this is helpful. This is, this is great stuff. So tangent Um, away. um, But I think, right. um, Just that kind of like we were talking about a little bit earlier, right. Of just like that, that always on mentality and, you know, replying immediately. Um, And I think um, just remembering to like lead with empathy um, Mm -hmm. and that, um, you know, we don't all, we don't need to, we don't need to be always on and we have to take time for ourselves to um, mm-hmm. reflect and rest and um, we'll all be more productive then. So those are a few, a little bit of random thoughts there. But they're helpful ones and really good ones. And I think leading with empathy is really important. Remembering that we're all human and I know it's cliche and we see the yeah. needs, but everyone is dealing with something. Mm-hmm. So, and we don't know what it is. So, yeah. So remember that. And then also taking that time is really important because you will be better for it. Yeah. If you can take a day where you say, all right, this, I'm not, I'm not going on social. I'm not yeah. replying to emails, whatever it is that you need to do for you. I think that is, that is really important. 1000%. Uh, well, Meg, this has been awesome. It has been really fun. And I got to learn a lot. I mean, even though I get to see what you guys do every day, I learned a lot about the ins and outs. It was exciting. Yeah. Thank you so much. No, this was incredible. And um, I really appreciate you. Um, giving this platform. And again, I'd be, um, you know, it's a total team effort. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a ton of people um, that make it all happen behind the scenes. So I'm really appreciate you taking the time and, and uh, allowing me this opportunity. Absolutely. But you know, I can't let you go yet yes. because we have to do five fun facts. And I yes. often have to tell our guests, I say, you may not know this, but this is something I do with 49ers players. Yes. You are very well aware of I that. <laughs> but on this podcast, we do it a little bit differently where we yes. ask everybody the same five questions, which has been great because we get really different answers from each person. So cool. it's pretty cool. So without further ado, five fun facts with Meg Ryan. Meg, what is your favorite moment in sports? I think my favorite moment in sports has to be winning the 2013 World Series with the Boston Red Sox. Um, It was just incredible euphoria um, in a moment in that city. um, That was the year of the Boston Marathon bombings. And it was just um, an unbelievable cathartic moment for the city. Um, and just to be able to like lift that world series trophy and be poured, have champagne poured all over me after that with the team I grew up rooting for is, um, just a really, really special moment for me. What is your life motto? Um, my life motto is probably, um, I guess work hard, play hard. Um, I am like a huge, um, you know, proponent of like celebrating the little moments, um, and like taking time to dance. Um, you know, you, we, 
um, work really hard, but I think also play really hard is, is really important to me. Um, especially like travel, um, and, mm-hmm. and taking that time to get out and experience new things. Go to workout. I'm a huge Peloton fan. Um, my college roommate, Jess Sims, shout out. Oh, amazing. Jay Sims fit. Um, yes, she is a, a Peloton instructor. And so while I don't have the bike because my apartment is too small, um, <laughs> I do all of the like tread boot camp classes and all of the um, strength classes. She has an awesome class called Flash 15. And in between Zoom meetings, it's a great little uh, refresher to get a quick workout in. Oh, I'm going to check that out for sure. Zoom 15. What is your go-to coffee order? Uh, an Americano with steamed nonfat milk and cinnamon powder. Oh, that sounds delicious. And a book every woman should read. Yeah, probably um, not even just woman, but really anyone. Um, start with why. Simon Sinek um, okay. is an incredible book really about discovering your why. And this is something um, we did a series of workshops at the 49ers um, with Simon and his team. And it was uh, really eye-opening for me to really discover my why, um, which is to care beyond measure so we all feel more connected to one another. Um, and it's uh, really powerful in um, kind of discovering your why. And I think that's what keeps you going um, at the end of the crazy days uh, is kind of thinking back and reflecting on your why. So definitely recommend that book, Start With Why. Fantastic. Meg, thank you so much again for joining me. And if you guys like what you heard, and I know you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. I'll talk to everybody next week. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.